We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We get rolling here for a Wednesday afternoon. And unfortunately, and so often is the case in this uh, particular time period, we have a shooting at, uh, luckily it's, well, I don't even know if there's a luckily. Is there a luckily with any of this? It's not no. at an elementary school. It's not a high school. It's on the campus of UNLV. That really doesn't make it any better. And we know at this point that the suspect is deceased, but we don't really know. They say multiple victims. We don't know what that means exactly at this point. Fred, this only broke. I was in a studio doing some stuff, but this only broke a little more than an hour ago, right? Yeah, I think it was around noon, Las Vegas time, 2 o'clock our time. Police said that they were responding to reports of a shooting near Beam Hall, which is where the Lee Business School is on the campus of UNLV. Then there were additional reports of shots fired in the student union. I saw some of this going on on Twitter. Here's Jonathan Hunt from Fox Hora giving you the very latest what we know right now. What we know at the moment is that shots were fired according to the police. Uh, those were the reports they got in and or around the area of Beam Hall. That is the home of the Lee Business School uh, on the University of Nevada Las Vegas campus, which as I mentioned is in the heart of the city, uh, just behind the strip and the MGM Grand Hotel for those uh, who have visited there. Uh, we then got word as well that there were reports of shots fired in the student union. We believe that is nearby Beam Hall. But again, this is, as we understand it, at this point from uh, the police in Las Vegas, an active shooter situation. We and that's ended, I think, at this point, because now we know that the shooter right. has uh, been killed. We don't know many specifics about that. Here's some witnesses, what they saw. After like two minutes, boom, 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 more shots. So I ran into a basement and then we were in the basement for like 20 minutes and I heard hearing shots outside and I was hearing police. Um, and then I, the police just evacuated me out. I had my hands over my head. And yeah, I was just hearing like a lot of shots. I didn't know how many shooters there were. I don't really know anything. And where were you exactly when there was this was happening? There's like a field and there's like steps and I was just sitting on the steps out in the open and there was like an event going on. Like there was like a Lego party and everyone's just kind of concerned and looking around and then boom, everyone's running. And I didn't know what was happening. I was like, I guess we're all running. I'm running. So right now we're at Harmon in Maryland. Yeah. How far away from that scene are we right now? 
Um, approximately. A, like a block and then you go into campus and it's directly across from the student union. So I guess like a block away, super close. And, and did you did you see anybody running at that point or what, what did you saw, see besides that? I was one of the first people running. I saw people running. I'm like, I'm going to run. And then for a second, people were like going outside. I was like, stop, stop, stop. There's a shooting and no one believed me. They're like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And, and then we saw people running. I can't believe the kids have to deal with this. I really can't. But we uh, now there, Fox is saying that there's still a shelter in place order. Evacuations are ongoing. But then we also hear that the suspect is dead. So there's still this is really fresh. We don't, we don't know. And I'm, I'm hoping that we don't have, you know, a high number or any casualties. And Hopefully what, what the police what the police are doing now is emptying each building one by one going through each building oh, just I to see. make sure okay. making sure maybe that there's not a second shooter right. or something like that right okay well that's the latest on that and it's not a good situation these never are they're doing some interviews with people live on fox right now we'll certainly keep you posted it's only 1:10 in the afternoon out there in las vegas ironically i'm going there in just a couple of days that's an area i don't know very well the campus of unlv as it was described on the uh, report that we just played it's kind of behind where the mgm grand is on that area of the strip there's some businesses gas stations stuff like that it's never really looked like a beautiful luxury campus to me UNLV uh, but anyway it, it you never want to have this and I'm so sick and tired of coming on the air here after these things happen at schools but we'll keep you posted on that let me tie one thing in here on the crime note just because this was a story today we might have them on tomorrow Sue I think you would find this interesting uh, Gabe Gore who took over from Kim Gardner announced today that he is going to run for a full term I do next find that year. interesting so it's been about six months believe it or not can you even believe it's been six months since Kim no. Gardner has been given the boot Gabe Gore takes over the office you know, everything that we've heard so far in the last six months is that he has had that office back in shape, buttoned up, hired a bunch of really skilled prosecutors, is clearing the decks of the cases, prosecuting actual crime in St. Louis. So wow. he says he's going to run again. He uh, he had said that, remember, when he was in here, he came in after he got this appointment and we asked him, everybody asked him the question. And I think he said he didn't know, but most of the people who knew him I think at the time felt he would not run again. You know, there was this concept Mm -hmm. of, well, you can be a placeholder, and a placeholder gets the office back together. But there's a downside to that, too, because then what happens in, by the way, there's no guarantee if Gabe Gore runs, and it sounds like he's going to, that you're not going to get a progressive that's going to run against him and still win. Well, that's true. But I think he was encouraged by the fact, first of all, I don't think he knew exactly what he was facing. We knew it would be bad, but there's no way he could know till he dug in. And I think he's been encouraged by these people coming back who are willing to work for him, who actually want to help the city and help him. And uh, he's been able to get some good people. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. So that that's one of the stories of the day. Fred, my brain here is not working very well. Do we have the Lisa the Lisa McLean bites that that I pulled earlier? Are they in what they what, what the there. hell did I label those? Because that's kind of what I wanted to. <laughs> well, apparently I, <laughs> I apparently I didn't. So I I don't know where those went. I really don't. Hmm. Um, see if you can Move locate on, those. Okay, because that, I, I don't see anything in the file that's labeled that. And the reason I wanted to get to it is I did not play yesterday. Let me give you a little um, sample of what we are going to do here. We have Sarah Partial Perry on the show in the 5 o'clock hour. we got a really full show. Eric Schmidt, Senator Schmidt's going to be with us this afternoon. we got Carl Cannon from Washington to kind of handicap and preview tonight's debate. You know, one of the big stories of the day, Sue, is Norman Lear passed away. Yeah. 101 years old. Yep. And our, our good friend Robert Thompson, who is a professor of TV and pop culture at Syracuse University, is going to weigh in on that amazing 
Nice. His, I saw uh, an obit this morning. His story is really incredible. Going back it is. to, you know, he was in World War II. Uh-huh. He, um, I think he ran some pretty serious combat missions when he's in World War II. Oh, and I didn't just know that. The path that he took just to get to the part where he was Norman Lear TV producer of All in the Family and all these shows like Maud, he did a lot up until that point. So yeah. we'll talk with Robert about that. But the big story yesterday was the House Oversight Subcommittee on Healthcare and Financial Services. And the uh, the chair of that committee is Representative Lisa McLean, who is from Michigan, I believe. And this was the issue or the hearing that addressed transgender athletes in women's sports. And we had some of the audio yesterday from Riley Gaines and from Sarah Partial Perry, who's with Heritage. Just a little sample of what happened with both of those two, because you had Summer Lee, who was a member of the panel, who didn't like that Riley... Well, I have to play the whole thing. She didn't like what Riley Gaines said to her here. Such as teamwork and goal setting. In terms of mental health, studies show that participating in youth sports is associated with lower rates of anxiety and depression, lower amounts of stress, higher self-esteem and confidence. Women must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. So she didn't like that. And she tried to make a point of order because she didn't like being called a misogynist. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, so that that last, um, when you heard hang on, hang on, that was Lisa McClain, who I'll play here in a second. But... um, the, the voice that you also heard was Sarah Partial Perry from Heritage, and she really, I think, had a mic drop moment yesterday. Some of this stuff is just nuts when you think about it. And I'm going to play a clip here from the chair of that committee, Lisa McLean, that just goes off on Democrats in a very, very appropriate way. I'm going to probably play some of this when Sarah joins us in the 5 o'clock hour, but this is good stuff here. I sat here and listened to every, every label imaginable. I, I am here to protect women. Girls, my God, why do I have to apologize for that? We spent decades trying to protect women. And you know what? We won. We won. So I will not apologize now or ever for trying to protect my daughters and women in sports. And that's what this hearing was about. Exactly. Protecting women. So you know what? I am a woman, and let me tell you, hear me roar, because I will not stop protecting women. You want to know why? Because we have rights, too. Women have rights, too. And our daughters have rights, too. Let me be explicitly clear on that. And I will never stop protecting our daughters. Good for her. Woo-hoo. She also said this yesterday. We talk about protecting women's rights like that's such a bad thing, that that's so evil to protect women's rights. Have we lost our mind? Yeah, we have. Yep. We have. When you have members of Congress, AOC, Summer Lee, etc., going up there on Capitol Hill before a congressional hearing that features witness testimony from Riley Gaines, an NCAA Division I swimmer who had to compete, not only compete against biological males and lose, but also share locker rooms mm-hmm. with right. a biological male, which is just outrageous. Why that in and of itself isn't outrageous to Summer Lee, et cetera. But this is all about, you know, what she said yesterday. You're forced to listen to transphobic bigotry. 
even though 85% of the country is on the side of Lisa McLean and Sarah Partial Perry and Riley Gaines, and somehow this gets, you know, hijacked into an issue that's um, about bigotry. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It's unbelievably ridiculous. And thank God we have Riley Gaines out there kind of taking charge on some of this. You know, and I've mentioned this before when this Fred knows this because even before I came on this radio station, which has almost been three years, certainly two years and eight months ago, we talked about this issue quite a bit with trans sports. And and I was, you know, featuring the topic as much as possible because it was so outrageous. This goes back, you know, probably four or five years even before the pandemic. And I remember when I was tweeting something in particular, here's what I'll tell you too. I'll tell you a little story here uh, just because I was reminded of this. I remember one time I, I sent a tweet out about this issue and I think it was something along the lines of this is not that complicated, right? If you have a penis, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a male. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you have a vagina, you're a female, kind of breaking down. So I had a, a pretty, a pretty good friend. I would describe this person as a relatively close friend of mine who is gay. Never had an issue with that. What's funny is, is that we went to college together. Everybody knew he was gay. And at one point, finally came out years later, I didn't care. And I said something along those lines. Oh, big, sh- you know, s- joking, surprise. He goes, really? Yeah, dude, it was pretty obvious. But that's, okay. that's fine. No, no, no problem there. He's got a partner. He's in New York, works for uh, CBS. He's a rather big executive at CBS. So when I sent that tweet out, he was so horrified at my transphobia and oh, bigotry. And he not only, this is always, Fred, I don't even know if I told you about this, did I? Yeah, you did. Okay, okay, so what happened with you, this is what makes it interesting, is not only did he respond, this is a good friend of mine, right? Pretty good friend. He responds on Twitter, not only to me, slapping me down, but he, I worked for CBS at the time, right? We were CBS-owned oh, and operated no. station. He actually put the, you know, the handle of at CBS News and at CBS in the, the Twitter response. <gasps> Well, we haven't spoken since. I guess not. And nor, nor I, I couldn't believe how, I, and it was all, I, I didn't say anything about him. I've always been respectful. I've said this before. I was for gay marriage before Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. But on that particular issue, I think we have to recognize the differences between men and women. And the other tweet that I was going to refer to is people have asked me, why do you care about this? You know, the progressives, the people that don't think this is an issue, which I think why is stunning. Care? I care because I have a daughter. I care even more than I did four years ago because now she's swimming competitively mm-hmm. against girls so and far i'm at eureka last night sue at the pool mm-hmm. picking her up from practice she's in the rockwood swim club right now and they have all the records up on the, the wall the boys records and the girls records mm-hmm. it's not even close the no. girls have yes. girls have good records the boys have better records right in the if you're going like 50 you know meters where the yeah. the shorter distances you don't have as big a gap but you're talking about Seconds, not just tenths of a second. This is why we had to separate women's sports and fight for women's rights in sports to begin with. That's exactly it's not right. An even playing field. It, women it, have well, to so go against women. I think, and, and Fred did a great job getting Sarah Partial Perry. I think she's been on this radio station before. I don't know if yeah. I've ever had no, her. No, you on, have. Fred. Have yeah. I? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I didn't remember that. I should remember that name. But she did a great job with Riley yesterday, yes. and she's coming up in the five o'clock hour. So we're Good. loaded up here. Carl Cannon, Robert Thompson on the death of Norman Lear. We got Sue's news in the next hour. We're going to visit with Dave Murray as well. Alex Rich, our buddy from Y ninety eight, swings by. Senator Schmidt, and then Sarah. Plus, an audio cut of the day, all coming up here on a Wednesday edition of The Mark Reardon Show. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know, Trump had a, uh, a town hall with Hannity last night on Fox, really? and <laughs> there's always a sea of great audio after Trump makes an appearance. This is one of my favorites. I personally don't think he makes it. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, <laughs> I believe he'd fall over. <laughs> okay, that one actually made me laugh. That's pretty funny. Up. Carl Cannon, you had, you had to laugh. Carl Cannon's with us this afternoon from Real Clear Politics. That's a pretty good one. i got to give credit where credit is due. How are you this afternoon? Uh, I was laughing at Trump and along with him. He, you know, he's a, like a comedic genius. I sometimes I, I wish he wasn't running for president most days because half my friends are about to commit suicide. But, um, you know, he was good. He was he, uh, you know, he also says these outrageous things, you know. Yeah, my guy looked at my form and said, this is the most honest man in the world. I mean, he just, he... he well, I did you hear the friend. Al Capone stuff? Wait, I got to play this. Listen to this here. I often say Al Capone, he was one of the greatest of all time, if you like criminals. He was a mob boss, the likes of which Scarface, they call him. And he got indicted once. I got indicted four times. I wonder what my father and mother would say looking down. Carl, aren't you a little disappointed that like 75 years from now, hell, it might not even be that long. When they teach about Donald Trump in, in high schools and college, I mean, that, that's going to be a great, you're, you're going to have an entire department at some school that's dedicated to Trump history, I think. There, there has never been a United States president said Al Capone was a great one, if you like criminals. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't even know how to handle some of this. So let, let there, there's a couple other people that are supposedly running for president, Carl, that are going to be on a stage tonight, right, on News Nation debating. And I guess the question would be, again, it's the continuing same question, does it even matter, right? Well, Mark, you use the right word, a couple of them. There's actually four up there, but two of them are actually running for president. Um, yeah, Vivek Ramaswamy and Chris Christie have no shot, no path. Um, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley think they do, but they've got the guy in front of them that we've been talking about. 
and nothing seems to move. I've never seen polling like this. I've never seen an election cycle like this. And, you know, if the Democrats want to really lock it up, sew it up for Trump, they'll indict him somewhere else for the fifth indictment. And then, you know, he, you know what he reminds me of, Mark? There was an old New Yorker cartoon where the campaign hacks working for a campaign, and they've got the graph on the candidate's popularity, and he's sitting there in his tie, and the graph has gone up above 100%. And the candidate says, I think the voters are toying with us. You know, every time they do something yeah. that they think will kill Trump, he, he goes up in the polls. And so what? what is Iowa, five weeks from now? Yeah. You're there yeah, in the it Midwest. Is. It, five weeks from now. It's not that long. And Yeah. And so, you know, if Haley or DeSantis are going to do something, they need to make a move soon. And and I guess the other thing is, you know, journalists, we keep pushing these, these people. But, you know, we should let the voters have a say. You've got you got uh, Iowa, the caucuses, and then pr- open, you know, open primary. New Hampshire's an open primary where Democrats can vote in it if they want to. And, you know, South Carolina, Nevada. So, but, but you'll, we'll know, we'll know pretty quickly because Trump's got this 30, 40 point lead uh, nationally and big lead in these states. And if these, if somebody's going to emerge as the, as the, as the challenger, they've got to winnow that field down very quickly and then try and get him one-on-one, which DeSantis and Haley think they can do. I think Haley Haley has some trouble even from some things say. Now, it's hard to you really predict how much of an impact this is going to have, but she's not having the best day on social media because she said this on CBS this morning about the trans issue. Madam Ambassador, another question is what care should be on the table when a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be? I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. Well, I don't think that that's where the the base is on that issue. It's not where I am on this issue. I like Nikki Haley uh, quite a bit in other areas. But, man, there's people out there, Carl, saying that's disqualifying. Now, that's their opinion, and I think there's a broader audience here that votes and, you know, participates in elections that's not going to pay attention to that. But that could be problematic. Well, Mark, she'll she'll clean that language up. She, 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 you know, she was what she wanted to say was she doesn't think the law ought to prohibit, like in California, where Gavin Newsom signed a law basically giving the the teachers and the adults and bureaucrats more power than the parents. I think that's where she was going, but uh, she took a shorthand there. I, look, the, these little things that happen you know, in a campaign, sometimes they're pivotal, but what really has to happen for Nikki Haley is she has to get she got Tim Scott out, now she has to get Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis out, and she needs to see if she can beat this guy. Now, you remember you know, eight, eight Eight years ago, all these Republicans, you know, had these Republicans in, and I think the last two standing were Ted Cruz and John Kasich. But you had this big field, and they all thought, if I can get Trump one-on-one, I can beat him. Now, there's no evidence that's true, but we know that if it's a crowded field, they can't win. So what Haley hopes to do is, is, is finish, you know, come within shouting distance of DeSantis or even beat him in Iowa where he's put all his marbles, then beat him and finish second in New Hampshire, and then go around and say, all right, look, Donald Trump, you know, I worked in his administration. I know his strengths. I know his weaknesses. I'm the candidate who can beat Biden in November and hope some of these and, and hope this thing tightens. But but does the debate matter? I guess it does. But look what we're doing. We're we're talking. We're parsing a statement she made at this point. They have to try and not make a mistake and try and get the other people out. And it's a it's trying to an inside straight. It's hard to do.
So uh, on the other uh, side of the equation, on the Democrats, this was interesting. A New York Times story. I don't know if it was yesterday. It was today. Today is what day, Carl? I don't even know. Is it the 6th today? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, Wednesday the 6th. There we go. All right. So this yeah. is actually today. The headline, this is grim. One Democratic pollster says, and they, they kind of highlight Democracy Court, which is a Democrat advisory group. Stan Greenberg, Carville, they surveyed 2,500 voters. In an email, Greenberg summarized the results. This is grim. The study, he said, found that collectively voters in the Democrat base of blacks, Hispanics, Asians, LGBTQ plus community, Gen Z, millennials, unmarried and college women give Trump higher approval ratings than Biden. I mean, this poll, you say you've never seen polling like that, like this, you know, with Trump. How about that polling with an incumbent president right now? Well, presidents have been unpopular before, but the the Democrats, they, they loathe Trump so much. They can't they just can't imagine how anybody would prefer Trump to Biden. And so it took them a while to notice these polls. They've noticed them now. But this has been going on for weeks now. Trump is beating Biden in places he never beat him when they ran in 2020. He's leading by in counties and swing states by a larger margin than he won by Hillary Clinton. He's just doing better than he was before. And, you know, then we try if you're a Democrat, you're thinking, well, why is that? There's a lot of reasons for it, but the, the main one they can't do anything about. It seems to be Biden's age. The Democratic base does not want this guy to run again, but nobody else declared except, you know, one a self-help guru, Marianne Williamson, uh, RFK Jr., who got out and is now running as independent, and a congressman from Minnesota. Other than that, this field is clear for him. Gavin Newsom didn't run. Gretchen Whitmer didn't run. They're stuck with Biden. And the voters, I think the Democrat, the Democrats are a little mad. They said, you know, we've been telling you in polls for a year, we didn't think you should run for re-election. Yeah. We voted for him last time, but we don't want to do it again. And the other, and, and so the problem there is that's not an issue that's going to get better. That's going to get worse. He's going to be a year older a year from now. The, the only, the other issue, and the Democrats do hope this will get better, is the economy and inflation. Inflation is cooled. You know, I don't know at what point people's perceptions change. I remember the first campaign I covered, George H.W. Bush, he was running in a recession for re-election. And the numbers changed in August. By August, the election year was clear we weren't in a recession. But it was too late to help Bush. The, the, the attitudes had hardened, and people thought, he doesn't get what's going on in the economy. So the Democrats on the economy, they have some time. They don't have a year. They probably got six months or so, eight months at the most. And they, they're hoping things get better. On the polling that I just referred to, this is interesting. So Biden, some of this is not that surprising, but I'm just going to run down the numbers. They they ranked 37 subjects from China to, um, you know, democracy, if you will. Biden and the Democrats led on six women's rights ahead by 17 points, climate change, 15 points, addressing racial equality, 10 points, health care, three points. The president will not be an autocrat plus two and protecting democracy plus one. That's not a very big number, considering what they've said about democracy being in peril. And then the Republicans lead on the remaining subjects. Now, I love your opinion on this because these might be the ones that matter. Being for working people, a seven-point advantage. Standing up to elites, eight points. Being able to get things done for the American people, 12 points. Feeling safe, 12 points. Keeping wages and salaries up with the cost of living, 17 points. Those are issues that people certainly all relate to. They talk about it, the kitchen table issues. Those are the things that are going to decide this election. Well, and two other issues I'd throw into that mix, Mark. Crime and immigration. And on both of those issues, Biden is underwater, too. So... Look, it's a tough, it's a tough landscape. If if you're asking me how does it how does it get close, look, it's going to be close. We know that these elections now we're we're in fifty fifty America right now. They they tighten up. You know, 
Biden is probably going to win the popular vote because California will be a you know two or three million vote margin, and it's hard to make that up. But but in these swing states, the Democrats are in trouble, and they know it. Now, the one thing they did in the midterms last year, you remember, because the polling didn't look great for them there, was they spent all this money on get out the vote efforts. They I mean they they practically went to the door of every person that they thought could they could every democratic leaner in the country and they you know begged them to vote you know bribed them to vote did whatever they did and so it was a pretty impressive effort um so that's the one way the polls could be off mark is if the democrats get out the vote efforts are just so superior and the other thing is we don't know what the effect we know these indictments they, they haven't hurt trump they've helped trump because independents are mad they, they get they get angry but they think, you know, that elite question on the poll, mm-hmm. that's what they say is that, is that this thing is aimed this thing is aimed at elites. And so when the elites weaponize the criminal justice system, which is how, you know, conservatives and an increasing number of independents view this, it actually helps Trump. But if he's actually convicted in federal court, if he's on trial in federal court for two months, which is what the Democrats want That'll to do, yeah. if he's convicted in Georgia, I mean, you know, he, he can't pardon himself. Nobody can pardon him. Maybe the governor of Georgia would pardon him, but the pardoning process in Georgia is complex. Um, is he going to be, you know, we've moved the West Wing to a, to a you know, Georgia minimum security prison. <laughs> I guess <laughs> nothing's mind, off the table. The mind reels. In modern but, day politics, right. Yeah, but, you know, Nikki, look, Nikki Haley isn't talking about that yet. If she if she gets this guy one-on-one and she starts getting that, that, that way, who, who knows? But then there's the other thing. What if Trump decides to run as an independent? I mean, he is he has got the Democrats like to say he's got a ceiling of 47 percent. That's true. But he probably has a floor of 45 percent. <laughs> These people. Well, no, he probably has a ceiling of a, a, a floor of 25 percent. There are people who really they wouldn't even vote if it wasn't for Trump. They yeah, really well, love no, the guy. True. And that, that might happen if there's going to be a nom- nominee that's different than Donald Trump. Carl Cannon, always great to have you on. I really appreciate it here. And we'll see. Are you going to watch tonight? You have oh, yeah. to. You're yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm like you, man. I got it's our job. We got We got to watch. All right. Um, listen, if I don't talk to you, have a great Christmas. You too, Carl. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. That shows you how close we're getting. We're just a couple of weeks off from that. By the way, on some of the other polling here, I just wanted to mention in that poll, Trump and um, Republicans commanding leads in the issues that favor Republicans. Typically, patriotism, 11 points, crime, 17 points, immigration, 20 points, border security, 22 points. Those aren't all Republicans. You know, saying that. Big leads because of the obvious, I think. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Kind of mixing in a few uh, Christmas bumps here as we get through this week and then next week a little more. Trying to get you in the Christmas spirit. Um, and, you know, there's no better person than me, Sue. I think you'd probably admit that, right? <laughs> Can you name this band? No. Smithereens. Inspired by the Maroons. Ramones, boy, that's some good word uh, Uh, salad there. I sounded like Kamala Harris for a moment there. (laughs) Norman Lear died at the age of 101. 
years old. Let me play a little different music here because maybe this was what he was um, most famous for, Is although he did so much. But All in the Family certainly made an unbelievable impression. It was a very important show in many ways, and there's no better person to put that into perspective than our friend Robert Thompson, professor of TV and pop culture at Syracuse University. Robert, how are you? Good afternoon. This is a, a legend that passed away today. This is. There was television before All in the Family and television after, and it was a totally different uh, uh, different environment. Before that show, there were a few programs here and there that would deal with the real world and what was going on, but most of them ignored it entirely in primetime. You'd see it on the news, but not on primetime. All in the Family changed that, and it was number one five years in a row. That was the first time that had ever happened up until that time, uh, and therefore everybody else uh, wanted to follow what it was doing. Uh, and TV actually, uh, in primetime entertainment, began to absorb the real world uh, in many ways for the first time in any significant kind of way. You know, it's interesting. I was very young when All in the Family was on, probably eight, nine years old. I remember watching it with my grandparents, clearly not knowing um, about the, the subject matter, but it was such a big show. But a few years ago, I can't remember when this was, I went back and I watched uh, a few episodes. I think I was inspired, and Robert, we may have even talked about this at the time, they did sort of the recreation live recreations with the old scripts with different actors. Woody Harrelson as uh, Archie Bunker and Marissa Tomei as Edith. So I went back and watched a couple episodes from back, you know, 1973. And I think you would agree, if people would do that in 2023, it's jarring to hear how they address these issues of race and politics in the early days, maybe the entire show, All in the Family. Yeah, well, I mean, I think these issues are getting addressed all over the place now in cable and streaming, and even some of the uh, uh, shows that uh, are the offspring of uh, All in the Family, at least in some uh, uh, spiritual kind of way. Blackish was one of those. Uh, they dealt with uh, lots of specific issues. Uh, Abbott Elementary now, to some extent, is doing uh, uh, stuff that Norman Lear uh, pioneered. But it was strange back then because there had been so little of it. Uh, The Jeffersons, one of Norman Lear's shows, in 1974 did an episode where one of uh, 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 George's old Navy buddies uh, returns to visit, and uh, she's a transgender woman uh, when she comes back. Wow. That may not be a big deal today. That was a very, very big deal in 1974. Yeah. The abortion episodes of, uh, uh, of Maud also a very big deal back then. No doubt about that. You know, when I, when I watched one of the obits uh, this morning on Norman Lear, I couldn't believe how much I didn't know about what he had done before he was, you know, a big television and movie producer because he was in World War II. I mean, the guy lived 101 years old, so he was around for a lot he of things. He flew in, right, uh, B-17s he flew in, Flying Fortresses. Yeah, he, he had a, quite a career. Wrote for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, Did a couple, wrote a couple of movies. Uh, the Night They Raided Minsky's, a great old movie, uh, Cold Turkey. Uh, nobody's ever heard of it, but it was an uh, uh, interesting film. So, yeah, he was, uh, he was a seasoned guy before he got to All in the Family. We mentioned a couple of the shows. You got the Jeffersons, Maud, Good Times was another. Sue had reminded me, too, because there were some movies in the 80s, Princess Bride that he had been an executive producer on, and also um, Bride Green Tomatoes, Tomatoes, right? So his impact was all over the media. What what has he been doing? What had he been doing lately? Was he completely retired, or was his fingers on some projects? 
He was totally not retired. As a matter of fact, uh, he was on a Zoom meeting last week, uh, I think less than a week ago, about a reboot of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, a very weird little show that he did uh, with its spinoffs, Fernwood Tonight and American Tonight, uh, Martin Mull. Um, So he was working right to the last uh, minute. He was executive producer on the reboot, the streaming reboot of One Day at a Time, which I still think is one of the best streaming series to come out in the streaming uh, era. It deserves way more attention than it uh, gets. And then, of course, he did all that stuff with Kimmel that you were talking about. He co-hosted those live uh, uh, reconfigurations of old series of his classics. So he was still alert active and uh, working right up to the very last minute, it almost seems like. Yeah, that, that's fascinating. Well, and I, I w- it would be remiss in my duties as a talk show host who mainly focuses on politics to say that Norman Lear and Mark Reardon would not necessarily, or Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker and I might see Ida <laughs> more than Norman Lear and I, but he was very politically active in the 80s um, when Ronald Reagan came along as well. I think he had some of those roots from when he was younger as well. Yeah, he founded uh, a big organization. He was very uh, 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 interested in uh, uh, constitutional rights, certainly freedom of speech, and uh, all of that uh, sort of thing. So he was uh, uh, doing, outside of his TV shows, many of the things that he was doing in his TV shows uh, as well. You mentioned you used to watch with your grandmother. I remember I was 12 when this show came out. It was January of 80, or, uh, sorry, January of 1971. And uh it was like nothing we'd ever seen. There was swearing. Uh, I mean, it was dams and hells. It was nothing compared to what we hear uh, uh, now. Um, the family yelled at each other. It was a high-volume kind of uh, uh, show. And, you know, if you grew up on Leave it to Beaver and Father Knows Best and all of that kind of right. thing, this was something complete. It was shot on videotape, so it looked more like the news than everything else on primetime, which was shot on uh, film. So everything about it, you knew you were in the presence of a uh, of a revolution, and I know that sounds hyperbolic, but it really did. It is the single most influential television show in all of primetime history. Norman Lear, dead at the age of 101. Robert, it's always great to hook up with you. Sadly, it's always when someone like this passes away, but we love your insights here on 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis, so we really appreciate it. You have a great holiday season. You too. Thank you. Take care. That was like maybe one of the points I was trying to make. I don't think I put that into proper perspective. But if you would go back, like if people just knowing the landscape of modern television right now, you go back, like even a younger person, maybe more importantly, a younger person, go back and watch a few episodes of All in the Family from back in the day, as we say. And you'd be shocked at the language, I think, especially for the time period in the early 1970s. Yeah. For sure. I don't remember. I mean, I remember kind of being in the room while the show was on, but that's all I've got. I remember his chair. Right. Well, Archie that's why Bunker's that's chair. why I kind of went back and watched a couple of episodes thinking, well, what, you know, in I did that a little bit just I was a big fan of Sanford and Son and uh, oh, some of those other Sanford shows. Good Times was a Good great times, show. Good Times, I loved well. it. Maud was a little bit over. Like Maud was a here. huge show, but it, it wasn't was. as a younger person something that you know I was super, super into. Oops, ran the music a little too loud there. Anyway, Norman Lear dead. We'll uh, cover that in Sue's news just a little bit as well. Hey, we got Dave Murray coming up. There's a, an interesting phenomenon that Sue pointed out called an atmospheric river. What the heck is that? We're going to find out. Then we got Sue's know. news coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.